Welcome to your daily affirmations. Repeat after me, working with others is easier than ever. I strive for perfect collaboration. Our teamwork keeps getting better. Yeah, affirmations are great, but Monday.com can really get you the teamwork you desire. Work together easily and share files, updates, data, and just about anything you want all in one platform. Affirm yes to start. Or tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, Brady PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the New Books Podcast. I'm Deidre Tyler, host today. We will be talking with Ellie Marr, the author of The Family Bone. How are you doing today? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. Great. Tell us about how you got started on this project and tell us a little about yourself. I'd be happy to. I, uh, I'm i an author. I've been a writer probably all of my life. And I started pursuing traditional publishing about 10 years ago and uh, wrote several books um, and had several published. And I was pleased to come up with this idea for The Family Bones. That's my latest thriller, which came out March 7th. Uh, it's about a family reunion of psychopaths that goes horribly wrong. <laughs> as they are wont to do. Uh, It also features my true crime podcaster, Bertie Tan, who obsesses over true crime cases at the Media Mist, um, which I'm hoping the combination uh, is a compelling read for readers. Now, how did you go about researching information on psychopaths? Um, Truly, I write thrillers, and so I've kind of been researching them for years uh, as characters and backstories uh, for my other books. And... um, with the family bones, it was unique in that my main character, Olivia Erickson, is a, a doctoral candidate uh, for psychology, and she also happens to have the uh, the interesting background of coming from a family where psychopathy and sociopathy have occurred multiple times throughout her her lineage across generations. So she's a family that's she comes from a family that's predisposed to psychopathy, sociopathy, and the antisocial personality disorder in general. So uh, through researching my other books, I really came to um, encounter many sources and do a fair amount of uh, discussions with psychologists and also research that I've done in my own work um, in psychology, although I am not a psychologist, uh, to where it all kind of came together to form the background knowledge uh, for writing the story. Now, the setting is mostly at a family reunion. Can you give the audience some details about what goes on at that reunion? 
Absolutely. The, um, well, rather, Olivia receives an invitation to a family reunion after um, many years where family reunions did no longer occur because everyone decided it was much safer for, uh, or less, let's say, less controversial to gather en masse uh, as the Erickson family. Um, but ultimately, Olivia, as a um, 23-year-old doctoral candidate, um, receives the invitation and decides to go for research purposes to further supplement her sources um, in her graduate school studies. Um, and so really the basis of the family reunion I took from my own experiences with family or with large gatherings from family, I come from a large family, um, but then threw in the added twist of knowing that this particular family is uh, neurodivergent does have um, many different neurodivergent conditions, not the least of which is psychopathy and sociopathy. The audience about Howard, how does he fit into that picture? Howard is the very wonderful and supportive fiance of my main character, Olivia. He is also an associate um, dean of graduate studies. So there's a little bit of uh, conflict of interest in their relationship but um, he's incredibly supportive and wants her to be her best self and also wants to meet his future in-laws as they, Olivia and Howard did get engaged. So he's a, he's an optimist is what he is. <laughs> did he encourage her to attend the family reunion? He encouraged her to um, do what is best for her, uh, knowing that she would make the right decision, knowing how much he trusts her. Uh, and whether she felt emotionally stable enough and had emotional barriers in place, emotional boundaries in place to withstand the controversy of being back in that Petri dish of her family, or if she felt like it was better for their relationship and their their own family between Olivia and Howard uh, to remain outside of that reunion, he would have gone either way. But he, he trusts her, so he let her make the decision. And she decided to go. You used um, the technique of journal entries. How did you feel that that would be a way to get the reader really into the setting? Yes, I use journal entries as well as newspaper articles uh, throughout my story, throughout my book. Um, and I chose those because I find it's a fun way for the reader to unravel the mystery um, as the pages turn. I, I like to feel fully immersed in my stories whenever I am reading another book myself. And the journal entries... Uh, I hope place the reader in this particular character's mindset to more fully sit both in the backstory of the Erickson clan and to uh, set up questions for the reader later on of who is this person because they start out anonymous, the journal entries start out anonymous. Um, and then also for the readers to kind of build both the fear of the Ericsons and the at times compassion for them because these are not um these are not big bad people they are for the most part socially functioning well-adjusted people in society some of whom have antisocial personality disorder some of whom have psychopathy but uh the greater number of them are well-functioning members of society and so i wanted readers to not be put off by the term psychopathy initially i wanted them to um really see these people for well-rounded or rather complex 
whole human beings versus the the antagonist in their movies that are lumbering down dark hallways. Can you give us one example of a journal entry and one example of a newspaper? Um, yes, in the first, probably, definitely the first hundred pages of the book, um, there are several journal entries and several newspaper articles. The first newspaper article opens the book and it really sets the scene. It's uh, the it's an article written by the Oregonian or published in the Oregonian, which is the major newspaper in Oregon. Um, and it describes the aftermath of what the reader is about to experience, um, the world they're about to launch into. Um, and the article discusses the power outage that occurred at this Horsefly Falls Resort in Eastern Oregon, where the family reunion takes place. And also that due to rising tensions, spoiling food and a lack of electricity, there was explosive con conflict. Uh, and the end of the article says, this is an ongoing investigation. Uh, updates will be provided as they appear, <laughs> as they occur. And so that really, uh, I hope, sets the tone for the reader that they are about to launch into um, a story that has an explosive plot point somewhere down the line and they should prepare themselves. And then for the journal entry, uh, I think also similarly, the first journal entry begins with uh, this anonymous character meeting a member of the Erickson family and really becoming smitten with him, uh, but also wary given his background and the world that she she too is about to embark in uh, into. You use podcasts in the story. How did that play a role in developing this story? Um podcasts, I think, have taken on great power uh, in our social consciousness. They're a relatively new way to reach uh, listeners, viewers, audiences, I guess, consumers of true crime headlines, or rather headlines in general. Um, and particularly with true crime, podcasts have really opened the door not only to consuming true crime, to consuming these real um, horrific events that occurred, which is what we do when we, you know, read newspaper articles, we watch TV, we watch the news. But it's also had the surprising consequence of leading, of affecting those crimes themselves. Certain podcasters have been involved in actual uh, criminal investigations because they're so close to the crimes, because witnesses speak to them in a way that's less formal, less perhaps frightening than speaking with the police or detectives. And uh, podcasters, in a few instances, have made real headway in solving crimes. So it's been this re really curious phenomenon that uh, not only are we consuming true crime, but we're now affecting them and changing the course of them. Now, the favorite cousin was found dead at a nearby lake. Tell us a little about what happens there. Um, it's something that occurs in the first... Uh, first day or so that Olivia and Howard arrive at the family reunion. And truly, Olivia has, has never felt seen or understood by anyone else in the family, except for her favorite cousin. And then after a power outage occurs, a storm rolls through the resort, of course, unexpected to the, um, rather the storm is unexpected in its intensity. And so um, her favorite cousin, is caught out in the storm and later is found dead in the nearby lake. 
So she must uh, come to terms with both losing this person that she loves and cares for and has uh, grown up with, and also wondering if it was safe to return to the family reunion at all. Birdie, how did she help the family and how did she hurt the family? Well, Birdie Tan is a true crime podcaster, so she obsesses over cold cases that the media missed, and she is a she is a stay at home mom. So she has uh, competing priorities there in her life, very similar to the author Michelle McNamara, who wrote "I'll Be Gone in the Dark" about the Golden State Killer. Um, Birdie is one who is always going to go after the truth, uh, regardless of of where it takes her, and she's you know it's a fault and a and a, a a strength of hers. Um, and so she does have a little background of researching the Erickson family, but um, certainly she doesn't expect that background to to play into her current true crime cold, cat, cold case, but she learns a few things along the way. Major mental problems. If you were to select several of the Erickson clan, can you describe some of their major mental problems that Put them into doing those activities. Yes. I think this book is really a love letter to neurodivergence in that it's it takes great pains to discuss from Olivia's viewpoint as a family member with family members of uh, the Erickson family who have um, neurodivergent conditions, some of which have been very difficult for them, very difficult for other people, some of whom have been imprisoned. Um, but it also tries to destigmatize discussions around therapy, around mental health, around uh, self-care, and uh, trying to take the, you know, the great oomph out of antisocial personality disorder. Certainly, there are those who have it, who have ASPD for short. Um, certainly, there are those who are violent, who do break the law, um, but the vast majority rather have been conditioned to no longer do those things. Um, and if they haven't been uh, socially conditioned the way that we all are um, when we join society, when we become a part of a community, um, then they usually end up in prison or um, or sometimes as well, they end up as CEOs because uh, there's a great number of, of people in leadership positions who share qualities as uh, sociopaths, um, but who's qualities are lauded in in certain positions, um, qualities such as a lack of empathy for others, a an ability to be myopic and to see the goalposts at the end of the field and to drive toward them unceasingly. In personal relationships, the, those are damaging traits, but in professional settings, they can be uh, rewarded. And so um, research has suggested that there are probably a far, far greater number of uh, sociopath psycho uh, psychopaths helming corporations than you know you or I will ever realize. 23 year olds. What is magical about that age in this family? This age, 23 years old, uh, for the Erickson family has been the point at which many family members either demonstrate antisocial personality disorder, ASPD, or don't. It's kind of the uh the get out of jail card. Until that point, many many family members are concerned that they might develop traits, they might demonstrate traits that suggest psychopathy or sociopathy. Um, and usually by the age of 23, that's been diagnosed. After that point, generally people live um, without that worry. But at the same time, 
that's the whole point of the book of discussing whether it's nature or nurture that's responsible for our personalities, for our behaviors. If we are always meant to be the way that we end up being, or if we are shaped that way by our environment. I don't know about you, but I'm very busy and I don't have a lot of time to cook. That's why I subscribe to Factor. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These are two-minute meals. Factor meals are ready to eat in heat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. They're flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math, and this is important. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com nbn50 and use code nbn50 to get 50% off. That's code nbn50 at factormeals.com slash nbn50 to get 50% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And the Ericsons are a case study in that, exactly. What about cult activities? How did you put that into the book? Um, cold activities. I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not understanding cold activities. What would that be exactly? Deep family secrets, the serial murders. How did that play? a role in development like a cult within the family unit. Oh, I see. Um, I think there's an element, I think when secrets, when there are shared secrets in any group of people, it bonds us. And at times it uh, enchains us to, to this group of people. And so I think with great shame as well, uh, that causes the Ericsons to protect their own and to, um, at times cover up mistakes that the family members have made uh, in order to preserve the greater Erickson clan. Um, it's it's also similar to, I guess, families who have great power across the country um, who fail to be held responsible for crimes that they've committed. Um, and it, it likens, the Ericsons are similar or parallel to that kind of dynamic where they know they've done bad things and yet they protect their own because they realize if they don't, um, who will? Certainly the public has it out for them. The true crime podcasters believe that they're all bad uh, and the police have had an eye on them for decades. Um, so it is a matter of protecting their own or um, allow yourself to be to fall victim perhaps to greater society who, who has a prejudice against you. You even go back into the 1930s in that family. And you brought about an example of Francis Erickson. Uh, tell us about what was going on there. Yes. Um, well, that's something that really comes out in the book. And it's it does play into, it does uh, represent the generations of neurodivergence, some of which has resulted in violence and definitely does for Francis Erickson. 
but it's uh, it's really about um, demonstrating to the reader that this family has struggled for a great many generations. And uh, Olivia, the main character of The Family Bones, um, is the first to really step out of that cycle and question whether or not it has to continue. Now, your news articles, were they based on some real people? <laughs> you write them so not that it feels like they're real people. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, no, they're not based on any real people. Uh, definitely not. They are all, these characters are all fictitious. And um, although there are many parallels uh, across, you know, real people, but no one was inspired by a real person, except for perhaps uh, Birdie Tan, my true crime podcaster, stay-at-home mom, um, was in part inspired by Michelle McNamara, the author of I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Um, but she, Birdie came to me, the idea of Birdie came to me um, when I had al already written what was then the book. I had written the first draft of this book and then realized something was missing, a perspective was missing. Um, and at that point I added in Birdie. And then later on, I connected the dots that Birdie was also very similar to a real life person, a real life author, Michelle McNamara. Now tell us about Rick and why he did not see himself as a psychopath. What, what was going on with him? Rick is one of the many extended family members of the family bones um, who has been imprisoned and uh, for his crimes for um, murder. And um, it's really a, it's, it's an example of how when we can view ourselves extremely differently from how the outside world does. And that's also kind of a, a reference to the greater Erickson mentality of we're not all bad. And yet the rest of the world is, is very intrigued uh, by them and has stigmatized them. And so Rick is another example of that within the family of he, he felt he was misjudged um, throughout his life. And, and that's something that he has to come to terms with eventually. And, you know, we'll have to see if he ever does. You end within a three-day frame. The whole book centers around this whole family reunion. Why end at that point? Um, well, it, it to me, it felt like that was the culmination of the story. And certainly, I think there are different ways in which the story can continue. I would love to write a book about some of the remaining characters who make it. Um but it was really about this, the family bones is about the journey that Olivia takes um, in confronting her family, in confronting her own lineage and using her academic analysis to um, choose a better life for herself. Uh, so it's, it's, it was always going to be about the family reunion of, uh, you know, psychopaths and also neurotypicals, people who are, who are normal. And uh, and it was about exploring what happens in, in a setting where people are cut off from the outside world, where the storm has rolled in and isolated them in this mountain resort. Um, and also when we stop, we're unable to continue running from the past and we have to stop finally and face it. Now, every book has a message, even if it's fictional. What type of message or what do you want the reader to gain from reading this book? I would love for readers to walk away from the family bones uh, with a slightly different perspective on mental health. This book on its face is all about psychopathy. It's a family reunion of psychopaths. 
However, it's much more nuanced than that, much in the way that psychopathy is more nuanced, much in the way that mental health in general is extremely nuanced uh, and unique to the individual. And so uh, a, th- a major theme in this book is to destigmatize discussions around mental health and therapy and uh, and also to hopefully inspire the reader to take another look at the people around them and 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 wonder just to be curious around those silent struggles that the individuals around them are experiencing but might not voice. Well, I've taken up enough of your time. Can you tell us about the next project you're working on? I would love to. Thank you. It's called The Alone Time, and it comes out March 12, 2024. Uh, and it is my uh, Yellow Jackets meets Pretty Girls thriller uh, mashup. Rather, it's uh, my plane crash thriller where a family of two kids and uh, two parents crash land in the Washington wilderness uh, and are stranded for some time before things go awry. Uh, and also, uh, what happens 25 years later, uh, where the adult children have to grapple with uh, their experiences in a modern setting and what happens when a documentary film crew begins to focus on the adult children. Well, we'll be looking forward to that new book. Thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.